0: From your Every Nation Southside family here in Papatoetoe, Auckland. You are now listening to a podcast from our church service, and we pray that you will be blessed by it. For more information, please visit our Facebook page or feel free to contact our church office. We've been on this, uh, it's 10 weeks, this sermon series. It's been 10 weeks, and we are finally on week 10. And this 10 weeks is uh, based on. The sermon series behind me, 10, is based on the Ten Commandments. And, um, you know, if you've just joined us, we've come to our final commandment today. So if you've turned up to all 10, give yourselves a pat on the back uh, for turning up. Um, extra points when you turn up early. And, uh, you know, our sermon series, like I said, it's 10. And it's based around the book of uh, Exodus chapter 20. It's in the Old Testament, if you didn't know, of the Bible, and how amazing it's been for you know, all of us just to learn so much over the last nine weeks, uh, and where we are at, you know, 10 today, week, uh, week 10 today of our sermon series. And you know, if you remember um, the very first week, okay, he was here for the very first week, week one of the Ten Commandments, all right, don't be shy, I'm not going to ask you what it is. <laughs> you know, but, and I had asked, you know, for you to turn to the person next to you, and I had asked um, how many commandments do they know, ask that person next to you, I'm going to ask you that again, to see if the person, if you're, hopefully you're sitting next to the same person, that they know more than just one commandment, doesn't matter if it's not an order, just, just go for it, I'll give you like 20 seconds, ready, go, person next to you, ask them, The book of Colonel Sanders is not in there, so you can't use that one. McDonald's does not include in the Ten Commandments. Oh, there's some people getting a bit uh you know, bit of competition happening. Five seconds. Okay, okay, wheel it in. You guys are just gossiping, eh? Because I'm not even saying the Ten Commandments. That's a good way of hiding that you don't know them. You know, so Alex, like I said, you know, first week. So hopefully some of you that were here f- throughout the last nine weeks and today being the 10th week, uh, you know a little bit more about the Ten Commandments, you know. And so you, same thing, I'm hoping that after the nine weeks of the series, you, you'll know more. Uh, just as much as I have, you know, studying it as well. Isn't, you know, this is the first time as a church that we've done a sermon series that long, uh, 10 weeks, so, you know, we're, I was really blessed, and so I hope you have been blessed as well. You know, we've currently looked over nine commandments, right? And if you're like me, I've been encouraged on on how so amazing these commandments have been for my life personally, and we've learned that these commandments are not to just stop us from enjoying life, Okay. But that it, it's actually totally the opposite. These commands, if you've been here, you know, in the last nine weeks, you would have learned how much these commands actually, actually free us. They, they free us and they give us joy. They give us peace. They give us wisdom, and they give us, you know, and, and so much more. And so, you know, coming into this week ten, it's like, oh man, you know, it's it's sad. We're coming to an to an end of uh, the series. I've really been challenged and. Even today, as I go into today's sermon series, I, I really want you to, um, uh, the last, you know, week, week 10, I want you to open up your heart, okay? Uh, I don't know if you've been challenged throughout the weeks. Um, you know, you're sitting there thinking, man, why is he talking, like, to me? <laughs> it's like no one else is, but he's talking, he knows my, you know, he knows my, my um, the, the hidden information <laughs> that I'm going through. Well, hey, that's not me, that's just the Holy Spirit. Uh, And so week 10, it's not going to be gentle either. So, you know, get ready to get a a slap across the face or a punch from behind. Okay, so here we go. You know, um, from the book of Exodus, as we were saying, chapter 20 in the Old Testament of the Bible, Israelites, the Israelites, they were slaves in Egypt. Uh, Yet God, you know, he hears their cries and and God comes to them and and he rescues them. And he takes them out of Egypt. You've sort of probably seen a couple of movies um, on this story. Long story short, they are freed from slavery. Uh, Moses, he guides the people to, the, um, to cross the Red Sea. And then Moses, he goes up to Mount Sinai while they're all waiting down at the bottom of the mountain. And, you know, he goes up to receive the commandments from God. And so the one cool thing that I find in, is how, you know, how God actually, over all of this happening, God rescued the Israelites. He rescued them first before giving them the commandments. He tells the Israelites then after that, here are 10 ways to obey me. Now, we as humans always have this mindset, right, that God, when we look at these things like 10 commandments or the Bible or Christianity, our mindset that God has this saying that it's, if you obey me, then I will rescue you. Or if you love me, then I will save you. And he does, yet, he does the total opposite. You know, God rescues the Israelites. He saves them first, then tells the people, you know, to hear his laws. Now, it's believed that this 10th commandment, right, is the most unique of all 10. And why is that? Well, when we look at the the commandments 6, 7, 8, and nine. You know, all of these commands are supposed to prevent and they're supposed to stop people from murdering someone, uh, committing adultery, stealing, and lying. And with these four commands, there's one other commandment that prevents and stops the thing that leads people to murder, to adultery, to steal, and to lie. And that command is the tenth and final command, and it's this one. And found in Exodus 20, verse 17, you shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, your uh, their servants, their animals, or anything that is your neighbor's. So this is something special about the 10th commandment. And that is, it is the only commandment that is based and it's shaped around our thoughts. Get this. All the other commandments, right, they are based around the way you and I, you know, we behave and and the way we act. Now, the question I want to ask here that I found interesting for me is, why would God put the Ten Commandments, right, and then this Tenth Commandment that is shaped around thoughts? And the answer to that for me, because I'm glad that you asked, you know, is coveting that leads people you know, it's coveting that leads people to make wrong and evil choices. You know, if you were here last week, um, and if you weren't, just jump on the podcast, you'll hear this story. I shared about, you know, at the age of 14 years old, um, I stole this this backpack, this you know, this bag. Um, and I stole it from a rich kid at school uh, because, you know, I just really wanted uh, what he had and 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 I'd do anything just to get it. And sure enough, I stole it and suffered after the consequences later on in that year when this bag, you know, it was the stolen bag, had eventually just led back to me. And uh, you heard the story about my mom doing the Bruce Lee moves on me. Uh, You know, and all the other commands, you know, all about people having to do, you know, an outward action uh, to break those commands. But this 10th command directly deals with the heart first. And this very commandment God placed so that he could you know, speak to our selfish wants, our uh, desires and the things that we long for. When you think about it, there are so many outside of these four walls, right, that will go out of their way to kill, to cheat, to steal, to lie, just to get what belongs to another person. Now, I was a classic example, you know, stealing this rich kid's bag at school. And I stole it because, why? I was coveting someone else's property. Now, for me to steal this bag, right, and we all know that stealing is also in the commandments, this was an outward and it was a visible action that you and I see. But in order, you know, in order for me to have done this sinful action, I would have had to deal with things happening on the inside, you know, things such as anger, envy, hatred, jealousy, whatever it was that I was going through as a 14-year-old kid, I would have had to deal with what I was going through inwardly first at the time of this young life, you know, and before taking, you know, before doing anything else, before taking on the act of stealing this bag, and so I need to say this, God is always about the heart. And he's not just concerned about your outward obedience where, you know, everyone can see how you look and, and how you have it all together. Um, because if we can be honest with ourselves, we have things in our hearts that we probably wouldn't want to, people to know about if it was exposed, right? So God wants you and I to obey from the heart. You know, some of you may be sitting here wondering, so, Taulu, is it bad to want something that someone else has? You know, and what I learned through the study of today's message is that coveting means so much more than just wanting something. Because, you know, the commandment says, do not covet. It doesn't say, do not desire. Just in case you didn't know, there is nothing wrong, you know, there's nothing wrong to desire Things like a house or a job or, or a spouse, if you don't have one. You know, the, the Ten Commandments, <laughs> some of the hmm, <laughs> we won't see you here next week. You'll probably be buried at the back of your house. You know, the Ten Commandments does not mean that you cannot have nice things, right? For example, you may have a desire and, and you may say, wow, man, you know, I, man, I wish I had a nice house or I, I had a flash car. Or I had a beautiful or good looking spouse like my neighbor does. You know, and, and I sort of explained how God is always about the heart, right? And one person's heart in this situation, you know, they may have gotten inspired, you know, to work hard and improve on your life so that you can get yourself a house or that car or even a spouse like your neighbor's, I guess. You know, the flip side to this is when you want your neighbor's actual house, you want the actual car. You want the actual spouse and you'll do anything possible to get them. That is when the 10th commandment comes into play because the heart is coveting. You know, but having dreams and goals that, you know, you want to achieve in life, it's not necessarily the same thing as coveting. Okay, setting goals and wanting to, uh, to achieve your dreams and, you know, good things to have in your life. Give yourself a hug. You know, how, how do you know when you are covering, uh, coveting them, you know, one example is when, this one's a, a good one, it's when, you know, you, when you're not happy, when you're not happy for another person, when they, they're the ones that receive a blessing, but you didn't, you know, it's quiet up in here. <laughs> so it's not just me, that's good. You know, what about this? Another one is when, when you have this attitude, right, where you just demand to have something. And sometimes I, I probably not, I'm not going to say me, other people outside of the church, of this church, you know, they say, man, I, man, I can only be happy if I get this or, or that. Or unless I have this, God, God, unless you give me that, Lord, man, only then, God, I'll, I'll be happy. <laughs> ever have an attitude like that? You now, for many reasons, it isn't easy figuring, you know, it, it's not easy. It's never easy figuring out where you draw this line, where you draw the line of when you know if you're coveting and when you're not. You know, in James 4, it says this, it says, what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? It is, not, is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and you do not have, and so you murder. You covet and you cannot obtain so you fight and quarrel. Ever had a time in your life you know, when so much is, is going your way and everything you know, looks promising and, and this certain thing that is so close to your heart, all of a sudden it falls through. Maybe it's a job, the job you thought you were next in line to, to get a promotion because you've been the hard worker in there, but it went to someone else. Maybe you had all these plans for things in your life and, and right now they all fell apart. Everything just stopped for you, eh? And why did that happen to me, Lord? I've done so much and is this what I get? And it is the next step, right, that is the real test for many of us. It's moments like these, these examples that I just shared. People, they're inclined to, to run towards a sinful decision because that is the best option for you right now at this moment. And you become anxious and and a loss of trust in God begins to kick in and soon enough, you become angry at God. And you begin to question His goodness, His kindness towards you. You then start to envy other people, and, and you come to a point where you hate them in your heart because they have what you don't have. You know, there's this education paper, right? <laughs> um, that was part of my education degree that I at Auckland University that I set. And it was this paper, and it was called, I don't know if you've all, some, I know there's a few teachers in here and things, and, and some of you are studying as teachers, But there's this one paper called Assessment and Evaluation. And if you know that paper, man, you got to burn that sucker. You know, and it was a paper that I sat, right? It was was a four-year degree at the time. And I sat this paper. It was in the second year. You had to sit it in your second year at at uni. You know, I, I failed, right? I failed that one paper that second year. So I sat it, again, I sat it a second time. But I then, I, I sat it in my third year, right, of uni. So this was the second time, my third year, and I failed it again. And I came into my final year, right, year four of, my, of this degree, and I thought, you know what, man, I'm going to change this paper. I'm not going to actually do this one. I mean, I'm year four now. I'm a big boy. You know, I'm not learning the little playground anymore. So I'm not going to do that paper. And the man thought he was so smart and changed it. And so that's what I did. I enrolled into to a different paper instead of this paper called assessment and evaluation. And, and, you know, I finished that year, year four, by just scraping through a um, It's like there's one day the doctor that gets the A plus and the one that gets the C minus, but they have the same job. Yeah, you know, it felt like that. Um, No kids, stay in school, you know. However, you know, university, the university, (laughs) they actually said to me that I wasn't able to graduate because I hadn't set that assessment and evaluation paper. Man, I wanted to give them a hiding, you know, and that, you know, The thing was, it was a compulsory paper. I just didn't read the the big print. It must be my blindness. My Spider-Man sense wasn't working that day. You know, it was this compulsory paper, and I actually needed to complete it if I wanted to graduate that year. Now, this was a year two paper, as I said, and for crying out loud, it was the final paper for me to graduate. I had passed everything else, right? Everything in me, Wanted to cheat somehow. And I was thinking of, man, should I just grab some of my friends' work uh, from some of my classmates and, and, you know, just copy from them and help me out? Are some of you students feeling guilty right now? You know, and I was sort of, at that time, man, I was actually blaming God. I was blaming God for not helping me because at that year, the fourth year of university, I was actually, turning turned my life around. I had um, gone into discipleship. I had understood lordship, and so I was doing really well with my walk, yet (laughs) this was, you know, um, a curveball for me, and I started, this was the thing, I started getting really jealous towards some of my friends, because, you know, they were all talking about graduating and, you know, and going out to celebrate after their last, you know, their final exam, but for me, I still had this one paper, a paper I should have passed in my second year, of uni, but now it was a paper I needed to resit a third time. <laughs> and so, however, if there was somehow, you know, I could cheat my way through and get this paper done, I guess I wouldn't have been that jealous about my friends graduating without me. You know, well, long story short, I, I, I chose to sit this uh, year two paper a third time. And I graduated a year after the time I was supposed to graduate. And so I graduated with a whole group of people. I had no clue who they were. I didn't even know because I graduated on the fifth year when my degree was actually a four-year course. Now, even though I didn't get my way, you know, but by falling into sin, by coveting my friends around me, you know, that we're graduating. I uh, praise God even today <laughs> that I didn't covet and do something silly to try and get what I wanted by sinning my way there. James 4, remember, you desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and you cannot obtain, so you fight and you quarrel. Another story, I'm, I'm reminded of my first year of marriage, right? We were blessed with this car and it was gifted to us. Um, and we were really blessed to have this car. It was given to us. It was a Mitsubishi Galant. It was a sports version. Unfortunately, it wasn't this one behind us that was given to us. (laughs) The one that was actually given to us looked like this. (laughs) And let's just say, man, that car was the bomb. (laughs) I kid you not. I I don't know if some of you remember back in the day when I I rolled up, (laughs) or Sally does. (laughs) Um... I got it from Hamilton. Uh, it, was, it was actually a white one. It wasn't this color here. You know, every morning when I brought it back to, you know, we were married and I brought it back here to, to Auckland, found a job. I had a car, so just needed a job. And every morning I would drive from Mount Wellington to where we were living to my job out in West Auckland to New Lynn. And every day, without a doubt, I would get pulled up by the police. Every time. Every morning. On the way to work and on the way back. You know, and the thing was, because that stopped me and said, uh, do you know that uh, your car looks like it's having a fire at the back when you leave uh, at the car, you know, at the lights. Uh, you sure your car's all right? Because I knew they weren't checking me up to see, I, you know, I had my license and everything. But they were wondering, man, all this rust on your car. You know, there's a multicolored paint job here happening, brother. You know, and, and these cops, they would stop me, and they would check my license, and, but mainly, they'd stop me just to check if the car, you know, is it actually worthy to be on the road? You know, and, and, to the, and to their surprise, man, the car was up to date. It had a warrant of fitness, it had a registration. So I'd drive this bomb, right, of a car to work, and, and I'd, this is the thing, I'd drive it to work. You know, you try. It's like you're trying to sneak it like this, and no one sees you. You can't do that with a bomb like that. You know, that just reveals everyone to the world. You know, I'd drive this bomb of a car to work, and I'd see my friends all park up in their flash cars. You know, and I'd come, man. I'd come to church on Sunday as well. So Sunday mornings, me and my wife, um, and I'd see guys, man. I'd I'd see guys like Chris Ahoni. He'd turn up in this nice Subaru Legacy silver, it was all souped up, you know, and like almost every week, it was something that he added to it, and I'll, you know, you <laughs> know, then I'd park next to him with my car, and, and that time of, so at this time of my marriage, right, man, the Subaru, that was my dream car, and so with all these flash cars that, I, that, I've, that I'd see my friends drive around in, you know, they brought me to this amazing, it brought me to this amazing conclusion, and it was this, that I hated their cars, and I hated them for having it now, none of these friends had done anything wrong behind it all. I just wanted uh, you know man i wasn 't thankful for what God had given me and I, and I was coveting everything that they had i wasn 't even giving thanks to God for my for my friends and and how he was blessing them i wasn 't even thankful for the bomb of a car that I had you know my covetedness it led me to this this real selfish place place that caused me to sin in my heart with hatred and envy. And that made me frustrated towards God. And that was, you know, that was coveting at work at its best in my heart. Coveting will always turn our focus away from God and towards something else. And it is at those times that we begin, you know, to have an attitude that thinks, that is what matters most. You know, we, we all go through it. If you haven't, you will. And some of you will get blessed from time to time. And then other, other times, you won't. You know, I want to ask you all, how do we stop ourselves from being covetous? Um, you know, I, I want that thing. You know, you say, I want that thing. No matter how much it takes me to push others out of my way just to get it. How do we stop ourselves from coveting? You know, the answer to that is, you must be content. We've been learning about what uh, coveting means today, and I hope you have an understanding of it now, but what does content mean? You know, content means willing to accept something and be satisfied with, despite wanting more or something better. You know, people, man, we need to understand that your stuff does not make you content. And what do I mean by this? You may think, man, if I can just get this certain thing, man, I'll be content. If I just get this house or this lifestyle that I want to live out or this salary or this car, you know, if I can just get those things, then I will be content. And let me say, that is such a lie. (laughs) Every time we cover, you know, the latest things that, that come out, There's always going to be a new thing that comes along that is better than the thing you've been coveting right now. Does that make sense? You know, you have to understand that contentment is not found in the things or the stuff that are in this world. You will find contentment in the one who made this world. You know, we read in Romans 8, if God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Now you, you want evidence that God is for you? Then look at what his son Jesus did for us on the cross. God sent a son for you. Can you realize with me that you have been given God's greatest possession Everything is found in Jesus. We don't need to covet. Why? Because contentment is found in Him. Philippians 4 verse 12, it says, I know what it is to be in need. This is Paul. And I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or or in want, I can do all this through Him who strengthens me. You know, Paul. He doesn't talk about how he became content with life. You know, after he he got all the things he was dreaming and aiming to get get in life. Yeah, I mean, those things to have in life, they're great. They're good. You know, to dream big and to aim for great goals to achieve. But Paul doesn't refer to having a content life with the things he had on earth. You know, he, he says here. I mean, I, I can. I can live a content life no matter how rich or how poor I am, all because of life living for Jesus. And that's why Paul he can be so content in any situation. Because of God watching over Paul's life with power and authority. You know, he fills Paul's life with grace in the hard times and he, and, and goodness even in the hard times. And that's why. Paul was able to be content in any situation. And that's why you and I, we can be content as well. When you work hard and when you aim to achieve great things in your life, and then it all falls apart, you can still learn to live content. Why? Because you trust God that gave His only Son for you and I. And as you worship, and as you thank him, and as you praise God because of his son Jesus, man, he fills, he fills you no matter what circumstances you face today. You know, and I know, I know what it's like. I know what it's like when things haven't gone my way. But the difference to me, right, the difference to me and what I do now than what I used to do in the past I got Jesus and he's he's my only hope he's my only hope in times of my struggles and he he's my complete joy you know in good times and he's definitely my joy in my bad times now now I know some of you many of you in here may be sick some of you are are here with, with financial problems You may be struggling, man, in relationship, your marriage, I'm not sure, I don't know. Maybe some of you that are dating each other, your boyfriend and girlfriend, and there's some some problems there, and you're having, you know, relationship issues. You know, my challenge to you today is when you are going, no, let me say this again. My challenge to you today is this, and hear me, because this is what I was challenged with as I was studying. When are you going to humble yourself? and give all your problems to God. I mean, God gave all that he had for all of us in this room, right? Romans eight thirty-two: he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? And so maybe it's time for For you and I and and for you to, to stop coveting, you know, and start learning to be content with where you are at in life. You know, by today, getting into right relationship with Jesus so God can give you the grace. He can give you the goodness that is needed in our lives today. And so that ends us today of do not covet. The end of our 10-week series, the 10th commandment, understanding where that this whole commandment is all about our thoughts. Isn't that an amazing commandment for God to finish? Does all these things and then he says, okay, it's all about the heart. Yet, the only way to heal our heart is through Christ. And so I want to encourage you. Where are you at? In your life with Him. Because even as a Christian, you're gonna cover it still. (laughs) But remember, the difference is I got Jesus. I want you to have Jesus too. And if you're a Christian in this place, maybe He's taking you to another level. Ten weeks of this, how serious are you wanting to take your walk in your life with Christ? Because I really wanna challenge us all. These next six months are going to be some amazing months. You know, the beginning of the year, I said it's a new season. Everyone said, yeah, man, I can't wait. But a new season, you have no clue what what it looks like. Did you forget that a new season requires working hard? Did Did you remember that going through a new season for your life, maybe trials? We all pray for miracles to just get it dealt with. Half the time that doesn't happen. You gotta walk it through. And so I really pray. Please don't. I mean, you know, my, my pastor heart is I naturally, I don't, I'm saying you, 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 but I'm able to say it in confidence because I had to really work this in my heart while I was studying it. And so I'm in the same boat. Remember I was saying. I dug this hole deep down of conviction and I'm happy that you've all joined me (laughs) as well. So I want to encourage you if you need to go over these Ten Commandments and think, man, it's not just a religious thing. You may know them off your heart, but if you haven't, if you're not doing them based off the way you live, that's a different story. You need to walk through that. And so I pray for you guys that God will guide you with the right people around you not just on Sunday, but throughout the week, that there are people that you can talk to, that can pray for you. It's not gossip. And hopefully that they'll stand with you in these times. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you.